0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode twenty-five. Damn, your boy made it to—we made it. To, we made it to episode twenty-five. You no, know, your boy is hyped. You know, well you know Episode is hosted by your host, uh, Cap Jack F. Uh, please say the F. F is for phenomenal. Even though the word starts with a PH you know I is glad uh, that we had. The quarter-century mark in this in this pod game. It's a lot going on outside, and I think the awareness is being brought to uh, everyone's attention. Uh, it's sort of sad that it. This is the way it's being brought to everyone's attention, but. And I I feel as if you know these things didn't happen. These riots didn't happen. You know we might have looked at this event, as another unfortunate event or another tweet about how messed up the world is. You know, with that being said, I hope everybody is safe out there. Uh, I hope the COVID numbers don't take a huge leap in the upward direction. Uh, You know, I've seen some video footages that I found rather interesting, and I I don't know how to explain it. So I'm not going to. Actually, I'll try. Uh, I've just seen some interesting footages of of certain things being rigged like certain bricks being planted in certain places cars police cars already being vandalized before riots started so i don't know who's really enticing these riots but you know the attention is is is, 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 is was badly required and i'm glad the attention is is being brought to our attention and um the goal of all this is is justice, you know, it shouldn't cause a divide amongst the people. You know, the goal is for unification and justice for everybody and to end police brutality because police brutality needs to end and that's plain and simple. You know, these things have been going on for a while and it's about time these things come to an end. And with that being said, you know, I hope everybody's safe. I hope everybody's taking proper precaution because it's a lot going on outside. But uh, I'm gonna take my attention back to basketball because basketball is my shit, man. Speaking of basketball, man, we seen I seen footage of GL, Um I seen footage of jail first riding a bike, looking very happy, and then all of a sudden Apparently somebody broke his window and you know, he took Some action upon that and um, he had a reaction that a lot of us would have and, and I'm blessed I'm glad he handled the situation the way he handled it and Hopefully you know He doesn't have to deal with no charges or Or with the law or nothing like that because You know someone broke his window and I'll be upset too if someone broke my window. So shout-out to Gerald Smith, and hopefully he's all right, too. Like I said, I hope, I hope everybody's safe out there. But back to basketball. That's my shit. Uh, Want to give a happy belated B-Day shout-out to uh, one of my favorite players, Carmelo Anthony. And he also had a great message that I will not read because it's very lengthy. Uh, what it is, is the message basically pertained to saying that We all in this together We gotta figure this shit out If not now Then when Something along those lines But You know Melo He has one of the most Beautiful jumpers ever And he has an interesting Grim raising dunk package That not too many people have That's my guy You know Melo also had a great take on Jordan and Lebron as well Like he mentioned that Jordan is the GOAT But why can't we appreciate LeBron's greatness? That's a great friend, bro. I mean, that's a great question, my friend. But we do appreciate LeBron's greatness. You know, it's ESPN and all these other sports outlets that wake up every day and start these arguments. You know, we get fed up with it, too. You know, I have been saying that in oh, quite a few of my podcasts, it's not us the regular fans, but that's all they showing us. So we see it enough that we get engaged and we get invested in it, you know. But I'm sort of, I'm sort of past that debate myself. You know, I appreciate LeBron, Curry, Harden, Clay, Giannis, um, even Steven Adams, the Derrick Rose's, uh, Blake Griffin, even though he hurt right now. I even appreciate like Morris Peterson, like those kind of players, man. Like uh, Andres Nocioni, uh, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate the NBA, bro. You know, uh, but the sports outlets, they just want to talk about the same thing because that's what generates the most of the clicks for them. You know, I, I don't know how many people are going to talk about, yo, who's better, John Wall or Damian Lillard, Kimball Walker or Micah Conley? I, I don't know how many people are going to click on that or, or want to debate that, you know. But that's what we care about. That's like an underground basketball circuit, so maybe that's certain things that I should do. Like, I'll watch a Hornets versus King game. Like, it's the NBA Finals. Like, I does that shit. I, I watch that shit, man. You know, if that's what's on, I'm going to watch it. Like, those slow nights in the NBA League past days, I'll watch the Kings versus Hornets. I'll watch the Pelicans versus the Pacers. Like, I'll watch that shit. With no problem. You know? Uh, But, like I said, maybe that's something I should be doing. You know? And I appreciate basketball. I know a lot of us do. You know? Uh, so you know that's my take on MLO I know you be wondering why we don't appreciate LeBron, but we actually do. We do, bro. And i uh, happy to be there to you, dog. You know I was mentioning last week about how daunting it can be to be an athlete. <coughs> excuse me. Especially when you become you know a money source and People began to take it for granted. And I believe Larry Sanders was an interesting case to me because he was a talented basketball player or is I don't know if he's still playing ball actively. You know, I think he might be in the big three. But he was a force to be reckoned with on the court. But from what I know, like he likes smoking weed and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, at first, I thought, man, he let that loud pack stop him from letting them M's coming in. But from what I learned, you know, he gets life. He understands life. And he knows what he wants from it. You know. As much as I was thinking, man, like, you can keep playing and collecting these big checks. And he was just 26 when he said, I'm good. I'm going to retire. I couldn't believe that shit. I was like, yo, damn. He's really going to give it up. You know. But what Larry Sanders did mention was the fact that he felt like his life was falling apart off the court. And, you know, after he retired, he was able to fix and deal with the issues and, that he was dealing with. You know, I'm not sure, because he signed a four-year $44 million contract, and just a year after he signed that contract, he retired. So I'm not sure that he he, he still he still got the rest of that money. Actually, I think he might have because I know Josh Smith's still collecting checks on the Pistons. He's getting about five million a year because they stretch his contract out. Uh, and after actually, actually, I'm gonna a fact check it. Just give me a sec. I think that would be good for the podcast if I, pop check it, if I fact check it. And yeah, actually, in 2015, he came to an agreement with the Bucks that you uh, would get paid $1.9 million for seven years. I'm not going to front. You know, I would tell people I'm getting paid $2 million a year for seven years. There's it's no need for for the technical flex. Unless people start asking for money. Then I'm like, nah, yo, they only gave me $1.9 mil, bro. They wasn't even giving me $2.0 million, you know? Like, like... Kylie, I don't know why this is random, but I thought about the money situation, but supposedly Kylie's not a billionaire, and um, instead of having like $360 million, she only got $125 million, and that's the funny part to me, only $125 million, I heard people say, yo, she only got $125 million, I'm thinking to myself, only $125 million, like, maybe if I had $125 million, I probably feel like it's $360 million, too. So, like I said, like, yeah, she rigged the numbers a little bit, but... I mean, a lot, but, you know, I still roll with the one twenty five, man. Like I said, if I had 1900000 million, I'll tell people I got $2 million, but I don't know if, as the numbers go up, you rig it that much, like $125 million, then... You got one twenty five, then you say you got three six. Right, maybe one fifty. You could say one seventy five, but I guess $360 dollars is dragging it. But back to Larry Sanders, he was still getting them bucks for them bucks. You know what's even more impressive is the fact that he was the first one to stop mid career, and to mention that he got off the court issues and it's better for him to step away from the game. I uh, also peeped that he's part of the big three now, and that's pretty valid. I mean, he's probably one of the youngest players in the big three, so he probably got mad energy giving all those veterans hell. You know, and I feel like this situation is interesting because this is where, you know, probably myself included, you know, people like me would try to put myself in this, you know, situation and say, hey, man, you should keep playing basketball and, and collect that money. You know, a younger me definitely would have said that. You know, but I realized You know, when you get older You know, peace of mind is a very important thing And I think that's what he was probably pursuing Because I, I mentioned him saying that um, Once you realize people just want you for your money And they look at you as a tool Like he was venting about how he felt about certain things So, you know, I'm glad he made the right, what he felt was the right decision for him But not only that, but you know, but once money is not a problem, a lot of people start looking at life different, whether it's a good or a bad thing. You know, a goal of mine is definitely to make sure money's not an issue at some point in my life. And just to see how different my perspective would be on everything. You know, just waking up, knowing everything's taken care of. How, how would I be thinking? How would I process things then? Another interesting experience to me that Larry Sanders mentioned was that after he left the league, you know, he made a minor comeback, and the Cavs signed him, but they barely played him. You know, he felt like the Cavs' main goal was just to sign him and to keep him away from everybody else. I never thought of that tactic. I mean, but I did. I I don't think I ever put too much thought into it, but that's an interesting tactic. I think the Cavs also tried that shit when uh, They signed Andrew Bogut too Or maybe not But the crazy thing was Not even two minutes into his tenure with the Cavs He broke his leg or something But but it was a real critical injury But he got hurt pretty bad Literally two minutes into his Cavalier's tenure The funny thing about Bogut is the fact that when I told my boys, like, yo, once he went down against the, against the Cavaliers, and once he tore his ACL, it was a wrap for the Warriors because then they had no one protecting the paint. And it was like, nah, yo, Bogut, man, he, he wasn't a big factor, bro. He didn't do much. But the moment Bogut signed with the Cavs, the Cavs, my LeBron fans' friends, my Cavs fans' friends, which all the LeBron fan fans, they was hyped. They're like, yo, we got Bogut, bro. So if you're hype that hyped at the fact that the Cavs got bogey, you know that he played a critical factor. And now was, he was one of the main reasons why the Cavs were down 3-1 prior to him getting injured. And, and now that I think of it, you know, I feel like the Pacers probably did that to my beloved Knicks by signing away Copeland for, for more cash and they never ended up giving him much playing time. But uh, I'm going to get back to Copeland, but back to Larry Sanders and the fact that he mentioned that he didn't feel like they wanted to play him, they wanted to play keep away with him. And that's understandable. You know, if the Warriors get him, that's another shot blocker. If the Pacers got him, man, LeBron need to paint open as much as he can, so why not? I ain't mad at it. But... That wasn't good for I guess Larry Sanders' psyche, cause he said he busted his ass to get back in shape, just for him to sit on the bench. I I could see that as being very frustrating. But either way, you know Larry Sanders brought some interesting perspective uh, to 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 the NBA to the world and and how to perceive money. You know I I respect I respect his stance on everything, as long as he's happy about it. But you know, back to Copeland. you know, he's ended up on the Pacers. He never really get. He never really had much playing time, and which would suck because I would still want to root for him and see him do good and stuff. But you know, the one season he was with the Knicks, he was busting the Pacers' ass. Two thousand twelve to two thousand thirteen season to be specific. You know, the Pacers had no answers for him. They answered. They had no answers for Mellow and they had no answers for Chris Copeland. Jr. was just in a slump, very unfortunate. Um, I wouldn't say anybody locked him up, he just couldn't really make a shot that series. Um, but they saw sort of signed him and, and they never gave him much playing time. And then Jason Kidd ended up becoming the coach of the Bucks. and Jason Kidd and Chris Copeland were teammates on the Knicks for that same season. And then he, he was on the Bucks for a little while, but what I do remember was the fact that he got severely hurt when he was on the Pacers, uh, when it came to play the Knicks and went in the Garden, and some shit went down at One Oak, and it was unfortunate. But I'm glad him and his dad are okay and all that good stuff. So shout out to Chris Copeland, shout out to Jason Kidd, shout out to Larry Sanders, shout out to me too, man. Episode twenty five out here, and shit, man. Derek Rose, I know he wore number one on Chicago, but for the Knicks, he wore number 25 because of the late, great uh, Ben Wilson, who was killed in a very sad situation. Uh, he went to, Derek Rose went to Simeon High School and wore the number 25 because the tradition after Ben Wilson passed was the best player wears number 25. Jabari Parker also wore that number for that very same high school as well you know, the same situation, about the Ben Wilson story that it could have been easily avoidable. You know, the person who pulled the trigger on Ben Wilson was released out of jail in 2004. Uh, I didn't mean to get all sad, because it's the 25th episode, but fuck it, why not talk about it? You know, so Ben Wilson and the and the other person, they were both 16 years old, and a lot of times, you know, the best decisions aren't made at that age. and. And this happened in the eighties, by the way, in case you guys were inquiring. And you know, hopefully, we can learn to avoid these things moving forward as well, because you know we're realizing how things can change in the blink of an eye. Um, if you think about just Ben Wilson and Lem Bias, who also passed away way too early, you know those are just two players that could have definitely. Transcended the NBA during the nineties, you know, but they passed away too soon, way too soon. So life is fragile, you know. So make the most of it and enjoy enjoy as much of it enjoy as much of it as you can. And you know, I I will definitely get into Ben Wilson and Lynn Bias, you know, in the future episodes. But they they're definitely one of those like. We really don't know, but we had high hopes for them because they had all the tools, the right character, you know, to become very successful. Um, like I said, life is fragile. Let's make the most of it, guys, and enjoy it as much as you can. know, uh, Nick Anderson also won number 25. You know, he had a solid career in the NBA, mostly played for the Magic. But he just had a bad moment in the NBA Finals when you think it's game one. He missed four straight free throws. And then the Rockets stole the game. And eventually the series because the Magic never recovered from those free throws. Like You could just feel the energy shifting from the Magic to the Rockets. You could just tell that since they didn't win that game and they lost home court advantage, it was going to cost them. But that's crazy, man. Those damn Rockets beat the Knicks the previous year. Speaking of the Rockets, though, you know, they launched, they launched one into space with people in it, and it's going to be out there for a couple of months, you know, I wonder how they're going to take a shit in space, like, where does that stuff go? You know, I'll do my due diligence on those questions, but hey, we we'll definitely get back to that as well, I just found that interesting, like, they're in space, I, I don't know how that works, they got to pee out of their pee. I heard the whole eating repertoire is different. So. But back to D. Rose, though. Back to D. Rose. And I remember when he got traded to the Knicks. It was around 4 p.m. at some point in June. And I was at work. And I got that word that he became a Knicks. And we traded some players like um oh, Jerry and Grant. And I think Brooke Lopez. Not Brooke Lopez. Robin Lopez. Who was a serviceable Knicks as well. I was very happy. I couldn't stop smiling. You know, D-Rose, he played great for the Knicks. But right around January, you know, even though he was putting up great numbers and he was fun to watch, you know, there would be stretches where it would just seem like he's playing by himself out there. You know, he basically said to himself, too, that the whole team, that everyone was, like, out there to prove it, prove themselves, basically, and everybody was playing for themselves. And, you know, you could tell the chemistry was a bit off. But D-Rose's mirror-range jumper was solid. I felt like every single time he pulled up, that shot was going to go in. You know, his layup package, immaculate. You know, but what really frustrated me, though, I felt like he looked off Porzingis too much. Because there were so many times where Porzingis would be open. So I felt like the team chemistry in general was out of whack. And it just sucks because they could have been a playoff team, you know, if they just got their shit right. That team was still fun to watch. And, you know, you got Melo, Pazengas, d Rust, That's a playoff team if they got their shit together, man. But he just couldn't, you know. But the best part was when the Knicks first guy d Rose, and um, he called the Knicks a super team. I loved it. I enjoyed every bit of the hype and the jokes as well. And, and that summer was lit because... Not too long afterwards, you know, we got Brandon Jennings, and he said this gonna be the biggest accomplishment in NYC for him since the Lakers won a championship in two thousand. You know, but the season started, and we ended up about thirty two and fifty. And I was very nervous for D Rose because I think after in mid March, uh, he had like a torn meniscus again or something, else. another ligament damage to his knee. And I was thinking to myself, damn, like, he just showed us how healthy he could be. He showed us that he still got it, and he's still a great player because he played against Westbrook, he scored 30. He played against Curry, he scored 30. You know, it's, it's, it felt like the better the point guard matchup, the better he played. So it was very upset and upsetting to see the fact that, you know, he was out for the season, and, and this might be something that might hinder him for the rest of his career. But, um, you know, as you can tell, he bounced back very well. And, and it almost felt like it was almost over for him twice because when he ended up on the Cavs, you know, he wasn't getting much playing time. He wasn't in rhythm. And the Jazz released him. And then it wasn't until he united back with Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota where we found out Derek Rose is still Derek Rose. And then he had, those, he had that 50-point game and cried. And, and I think we almost all cried with him. So, you no, know, I'm glad that D. Rose is back out here balling, you know, doing what he's supposed to do. And I hope he stays at it and he stays healthy and he keeps doing those acrobatic finesse layups and mid-range jumpers. And keep giving us great uh, post-game conferences. But the NBA, though. You know, I heard for they're preparing, or should I say proposing these scenarios, you know, for the playoffs. But, uh, All that stuff is cool to prepare for the playoffs, but I just want the shit to come back. And from what I heard is, the NBA is coming back July 31st. And but one of the scenarios is that they want to go straight to the playoffs. And I'm not with that. And I doubt that will happen because I know the NBA wants to find a way to at least give us Zion a chance to get in the playoffs. Well, this is one of the latest rumors, but that shouldn't surprise anybody. But I feel like if Zion the Pelicans had the AC, I feel like they probably wouldn't went straight to the playoffs, but since he's not, they're like, yo, let's figure this shit out. You no. Know, I look at the Eastern Conference, which is from C's one to eight, I feel like they basically they're basically decided. I mean, the Wizards still have a bunch of chance to make the playoffs. Because they're about 5 games out the last spot. 16 games left. It's still feasible. But, I guess it would be messed up if they took Orlando Magic outside of the playoffs. Since Orlando would be the host location. I mean, imagine if the Magic somehow scored in that lead, If the season resumed. I think it would just show how accommodating the city of Orlando actually is. You know. But, what was' it? i was, but but what I was really surprised at was the fact that half of the owners of the n b a voted for the top sixteen seeds to be in the playoffs and I was surprised because that could take money out of some of the owners. I know money isn't the biggest issue right now we got uh, police brutality we got covid nineteen uh, amongst many more issues you know and but that's their prerogative. I don't know if they want to just voluntarily lose their money either. Like, hey, just, no, I'm cool with losing this. But that's that's their prerogative. And then, um, the next scenario was something about group stage. And this scenario was about uh 20 teams. And I'm assuming with the 20 group stage play, it's going to give those four teams and, uh, Western comfort, a West are for the chance to fight for the last playoff spot. Cause I feel like season one to eight is decided. So that makes sense. Like you got uh the Blazers, Spurs, the Kings. And the Pelicans. Oh, could I could have forget the Pelicans, because the Pelicans is the the, the cash cow potentially. You know, uh, and I heard something similar to the group stages the scenario is with 22 teams so there's a the determined the city. I mean I guess the more teams involved it means more money because more fan bases are interested to see if there's going to be actually any opportunities for their teams to do anything and the last scenario that I saw was the fact that there might be 72 games for the regular season with the play-in tourney. And I think it was around 72 games specifically because the owners need to make sure that the, their teams play about 70 games to fulfill their TV-slash-cable contracts. So I guess I do care about their money. So my my understanding of all the situation is basically this will be done how the World Cup is set up. You know, it's going to be splitting different teams according to their records and put them in certain tires and certain classes and take it from there. So basically all the, the top five, the best six teams in the NBA is in one class, and the next six teams on the next class, etc., etc. et cetera. And I guess it will be, they're going to figure out a format. <coughs> Excuse me. That way. And from my understanding, you know, that is going to, the World Cup soccer route, and now I see why Adam Silva is really, you know, committed to this soccer uh, route thing. Because, oh by the way, I got no problem with soccer, man. You know, and soccer is a great sport. I played it a few times. I kicked in the shin. It really frustrated me because I can't kick in the shin. It's very painful because you're mad. Not at anybody or anything, but just at the fact that you got kicked in the shin. Like, you don't know, you don't really know what to do when you get kicked in the shin. You just like, ah, fuck, you scream. And then you go on with life, you know? But once it happens again, you're like, damn, yo, why you keep kicking me in the shin, bro? You know, soccer is a great way to get your stamina up. A great way to improve your full work. But, um, I don't think that's what Adam Silver is infatuated with. He's infatuated with how soccer, you know can market and advertise and how they have their fan base so invested in their teams. But once this is done moving forward, you know, then we really can't compare errors no more. I think it could permanently change that forever. You know, the only positive I see out of this is we can appreciate all the greats for being great in their era. You know, that's fine just know once that is done it's just going to assume more speculation by the mainstream media for players of the previous era and the players moving forward you know um, but you know I always found America interesting when it comes to sport or whatever because whatever is normally popular in the world is not popular here like rugby cricket and soccer is not popular here but it's popular amongst the whole wide world and I mean, soccer, it has improved from the years past, but it's still got its ways to go. And NFL football is popular in America, but not much anywhere else. Another thing I never understood, to be honest, guys, is the fact that America uses Fahrenheit instead of Celsius, inches instead of feet instead of centimeters and meters, while the rest of the world uses Celsius and meters and centimeters. Nah, because we use that stuff. We got to learn extra shit that we don't need to in class. Like, hey, if you're in Europe, convert inches to centimeters. But if we just went with centimeters and meters like the rest of the world, I wouldn't need to learn that. But it's cool, man. It is what it is. Like, we use pounds. They use kilograms. Why? I mean, the UK, they use pounds as currency. So that's, I don't want to confuse that. I'm just strictly talking about weight. But if Adam Silver does a soccer-style thing and expands the league overseas, it's just going to be different. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. And I knew all of this was possible once you started putting ads on the jerseys because a lot of my friends like soccer, and they have soccer jerseys, and you see the ads on the jerseys. So, and as much as I want an R.J. Barrett jersey, I don't feel like buying it because of the whole advertisement on the jersey thing. You know, if you could buy a jersey without the advertisement, on I might just buy it. But with all these scenarios being laid out, I just prefer to play out the regular season, keep it one to eight, one to eight. You know, I don't want the seedings to change as soon as the bomb gets to the West. I think that's not fair. If you wanna change his whole format, wait till LeBron retires. Cause we're comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan, Kareem, Will, Magic, Kobe. We compare we whole LeBron to to the Mount Rushmores of the NBA. And when you compare someone to the Mount Rushmores of the NBA, you know, I'd rather them just keep the same format. And I don't want him playing no teams in the West. I mean, I don't want LeBron playing no teams from the East in the first or second round or even the third round of the playoffs because I feel like we taking the whole mystique away from the Western Conference if you do this. You know, like if LeBron won the chip in 2022, like, yo, he won in the West. But then he played the Magic in the first round and he plays the, uh, the Pacers. Shout out to the Pacers but I'm just saying, like that's just basically him being in the east again, but he's on the West Coast team. So it takes away all that ambiance of LeBron being in the West, like, ooh, he wanted the West. So I just say for LeBron's sake that they keep it regular and and keep it one to eight, one to eight. And also it wouldn't make much sense for the owners in the East Coast to agree with it because they'll be taking money out of their pockets. Because 20 owners have to agree for, in order for that change to happen. I don't see all 16 teams in the East agreeing for that. But the dude, that's their prerogative. But I think the NBA should wait until until LeBron retires on how they want to change the NBA moving forward. Because as long as you got LeBron, bro, you don't got to worry about how much money you going to make because he's still out here. And we're going to watch that dude ball, you know, but like I said, it feels up to me just for this season, just the sake of to get this season going. Uh I'm cool with the regular format, I'm also cool with doing the whole NCAA thing as well. One game knockout. Um I'm excited to see what the scenarios are gonna be moving forward as they break it down even more. And excited to see what happens. You know with that being said. I'm a, I'm going to check out, guys. And, um, you know, you guys be safe. You guys be good out there. Stay positive. And, um, you know, let's get this justice that we all want and deserve. You know, this is your boy Cap Jack, Jack F. Your host of Just Another Knicks Fan. That's all I am, really. And y'all be good, man. Peace. You know, I almost forgot to, you know, say thank you for... Tuning in for the first 25 episodes I almost forgot to say that I want to thank everybody from Spotify uh, Not YouTube because I'm not on YouTube right now uh, Apple you know, Bullhorn And uh, the various uh, Ways you guys are you know, Accessing my, my podcast Obviously Anchor as well So I want to give a quick shout out to everybody That's been tuning in through the first 25 episodes I just want to say a big thank you And Also No, i got to give J.R. credit where he's due. Um, He spoke up and said some very valid things, very respectable, very commendable. You know, um, he's had a hell of a last three-day stretch. He went from a bike ride, and one day, the next day, knocking somebody out. And then the next day, saying something very intelligent. You know, all of this, this sounds like another day in the life of J.R. Smith. You know, regular things just turn out to be spectacular. So, I want to give JL credit for speaking out against, you know, other celebrities that should be helping out. People that we uh, grew up idolizing and admiring as well. So, I want to give JL credit for that. And I also realized that the NBA will be rolling with the 22 teams returning back to Orlando. And I'm assuming the the Knicks might not be one of those teams to return. I guess because they don't, they probably have one of the uh, seven, eight worst records in the league, which they do. So they're probably not coming back. They're probably gonna try to have those twenty-two teams figure out who's gonna make the playoffs, or have a twenty-two team playoff. I don't know exactly because, according to uh, Mister Wojcik himself, he's not sure of if it's gonna be uh, the format. He's not sure of yet. So, so that's cool. And and I'm also assuming that the Warriors are not coming back because, you know, they also have a pretty bad record. And I guess that really benefits the hell out of the Warriors because they got to rest their players. They got to uh, let Curry come back even more healthy, Clay come back even more healthy. Um, not only that, it helps us us not see J. Mon on the court by himself and, and look like a shell of himself without Curry and Clay. So. You know, it benefits the Warriors in a lot of ways. And I'm assuming, you know, maybe Phoenix, I think, they still have an outside shot at the playoffs. So the Knicks, like the Cavs, the Bulls, I guess teams like that have no shot to make the playoffs. They got to stay home. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what the Bills are going to be set on Friday or Thursday, how they're going to go about um this whole format, like what they're gonna do. Is it gonna be twenty two team playoff? Is it gonna be sixteen? What what is it gonna be about? You know, um I just it's just funny because like I we just went over talking about all the scenarios it could be and then as soon as I I'm about to end the podcast, they're like, No, nah, no, nah, we figured it out. We're gonna roll with the twenty two team format. That's what they're gonna do. And, you know, I'm waiting to see. I'm excited to see what's gonna um come out of this because you know, we waited a long time already, so it's good to see some progression being made after a lot of silence. So I'm excited, you know. I'm a little sad the Knicks are not coming, the Knicks are most likely not coming back because you know, as bad as they their record is, I still like watching them play because that's still my team. So I'm definitely I'll be sad because their last game was in March, and the next time I might see him play is on Christmas. So you telling me it might be over nine months. The next time I might see my team play, it might be nine months. From the next time I might see my team play, that's tough. But um, at least in the meantime, you know, hopefully my guys, you know, R.J. Barrett, Mitch Robb, Dennis Smith Jr., I got to faith in you, bro. Um, The hottest current, Nick, are Frank Lakina, because he had 20 points and 10 assists in his last game. So, you know, they all get to work on their game and come back for next season. And, um, shit, I mean, September's going to be the... They said the new day for the NBA draft. So I'm excited about the NBA draft as well. You know, see where the Knicks end up. See who they should get. I don't really know who they should get or who they shouldn't get, but I just hope that they just get the best available player and we just make that shit work. And um, I'm officially out now, episode 25. Well, thank you, everybody. You know, this is your host, Cap Jack F, just another Knicks fan. I'm going to holler at y'all, y'all. Y'all be good.